Hey, Prime members, you can listen to Men in Blazers ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the app today. Price Picks is the easiest and most exciting way to get in on the action. Whether you watch your favorite sports and players, pick more, pick less. It's that easy. Download the app today. Use code MIB for a first deposit match of up to $100. New game day shirt. Boom, cash back. Food for the tailgate. Boom, cash back. Even buying a round can earn you cash back when you use your debit card. With Discover Cashback Debit, everyone can earn cash back on everyday purchases. Look, in sports, it's hard to predict who's taking the W. But you know what's a guaranteed win? Discover Cashback Debit. Oh, and did I mention there are no fees? Period. I'm telling you, this one is a real game changer. Check out transaction, eligibility, and terms at discover.com slash cashbackdebit. Discover Bank. Member. FDIC. This is Rebecca Lowe, or Rebecca Lua, if you listen to Suboptimal Radio, and you are listening to Men in Blazers on the NBC Sports Network. It's unbelievable! From the Embassy Row Studios in the crap part of Soho, it's the Men in Blazers podcast. It's not just any podcast. It's our first podcast of spring. spring, spring. It's also our first Oh, with, Podcast. with the octogenarian, yeah, Davo. With Grandpa Davo. turned 50. Grandpa Davo. 5-0. Oh, happy birthday, love. Oh, it was great. Oh. It's still going on, actually. The, the, uh, the two-month global celebration of my birthday continues. Off to Madrid tomorrow. Go and play a bit of golf. Uh, it's all good. Oh, it's been a reflective time for you. Mm, has well, it? Well, yeah, yeah, a little it has bit. Been. Yeah, I suppose. Been. You can try and pretend it hasn't. Okay, got it. But this is, this is the pod today in inner thoughts. Yeah. What wisdom have you got to impart to us from the mountaintop, Grandpa? Well, from the conveyor belt, really. There's the conveyor belt. We've talked about it before, where especially when you either, when a man either has a son or loses a father, you become very aware of the conveyor belt. Fortunately, my father, Trev, is still with us, but I do have a son, George. And you do become very aware of your place on the conveyor belt as it moves inexorably towards, towards, towards the final where, where whistle. <laughs> the final whistle. <laughs> I hate to break it to you. Um, so it's a, uh, you're aware of the conveyor belt, but 50 is basically good. If you're feeling pretty good, you're feeling in shape. It's a great excuse to get whatever you want. You get to be set in your ways to say, look, I'm 50 now, I'm not taking any more bull****. So it's good for that. It's very good for, I'm 50, I don't have that much life left. Although I keep on convincing my children I'm halfway to 100. I've got them halfway through. Um, but I know I'm not. It's a, um, so it's a good excuse to say I don't have a lot of life left. I can't quite deal with that. Do you feel that, by and the way? And you can be old. Do you, do you ever think, do you wake up in the morning and think, I do not have a lot of life left? Or are well, those no, just words? I'm fortunate. My parents are... 87 and 89 this year and my parents are you know still with us my dad's in particularly good health mum not so much but you know they're going to live into their 90s my grandparents lived uh, until until late in life so good innings so yeah good innings so i feel like i've got a chance to make it deep into my 90s so i've got plenty of time left but that's not what i'm telling people nobody listens to this podcast it's fine george orwell yeah last words in his personal diary another good george he said at 50 everyone gets the face they deserve <laughs> do I do I deserve this face? I think you've got a gorgeous face, David. We just did the thing on Instagram yesterday where we switched our faces, where Lexi took the picture of us and switched our faces. Check our Insta yep. feed. It is pretty alarming what a combined Rog and Davo face looks I like. I think she put your buttocks on my face <laughs> by the last thing. I'm not quite sure. I'm a bit confused about how I ended up yeah. like that. But your real face, David, yeah. it's gorgeous. 
Thank I'm, you. I'm only saying that because my youngest son, Ozzy, yeah. who's five, mm-hmm. he thinks we're twins. <laughs> he calls us the British twins. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like a 19, really bad 1950s yeah. uh, duo. Yeah, like still Schwarzenegger no- and DeVito. Still at number 12, <laughs> the British twins. Yeah, that's good. Oh, yeah. I wish you well. Yeah. I'm a firm believer in Bob Dylan's life philosophy. Yeah. He not busy being born is dying. Yeah, that's true. Oh, I'm getting closer to shooting my age at golf, Rog. Oh, I thought if, you were going to say I can closer to, to shooting myself. If, if like, I can live... our other pod, which is the black dog today. <laughs> if I, oh, the black dog. If I can live to 106, I should be able to shoot my age. Uh, Rog. Oh, slightly okay. sadder news, David. Yeah, what? Downton Abbey. What? It's over. Ended. It's done. This weekend. <laughs> six the end seasons. of the conveyor belt. There, those of you yeah. who've listened to the pod for many years, it really is many years now, because uh-huh. it's been a while since we talked about it. Yeah. But it used to be unclear whether this was a pod about football at one time, with a bit of Downton Abbey on, or whether it was really... A Downton Abbey pod with a, a little Downton Abbey bit of pod with a tad of football. I mean, going yeah. back into the Grantland era, yeah. our passion for the show, yours evaporated first, right? What, for Downton Abbey? Yeah. I just couldn't catch up. There was a season that lost me, and I can't remember what happened. I think, I, I think I, the First I, World it, War. It, it, it was tough <laughs> to recover for me after Matthew died. Yes. It was, just, it was just tough. Yeah, the show then ferreted around yeah. for a centrifugal force. Yeah. Branson just flat out irritated me. Also, I love, I love Lady Edith so much. It was just tough to see her <sighs> just suffer setback after setback yeah. after setback. I mean, my love for Lady Edith meant any time with Lady Mary on the screen was wasted time for yeah. me in, terms, in my inner heart, David. Yeah, Lady Mary's not my type. I mean, Lord Grantham just became too much of a human representation of Arsenal Football Club. Just uh-huh. a traditional power faltering, fumbling for relevance in the uh-huh. face of modernity. I already got my fill of that by watching the football yeah. on a Saturday morning. Uh-huh. And Bates was such a noxious character. Yeah. Uh, Bates and Anna, their love story was tough Yeah, to I just watch. willed him to receive the death penalty, whether he was guilty <laughs> or not. And maybe throw an Anna as Who well. Who cares about Jubilee? <laughs> Kill them both. Kill them both. Kill them both. <laughs> oh, the little the, the Donald Trump inside all of us. Yeah. And then Mrs. Patmore, I got yeah. angry. She deserved rumpy, pumpy, true love. Yeah, she deserved more. Criminal negligence by yeah. the script writers. Yeah. I did press on to the end. I kept watching it out of loyalty and uh-huh. habit. Part of me wished the series would go right through to the 1980s. Yeah. Would have loved to have seen Thomas mm-hmm. agedly encountering flock of seagulls. <laughs> but it's over, Such David. Such a new romantic. I've got two quick. Yeah, 30 I've, sec- I've got the whole thing saved, by the way. I've, got, I've, I've watched one episode of this season. So I'm going to watch the whole thing. You are? Yeah, I'm going to binge it. We, maybe we should recreate... Because I've got two quick comments on the Go. finale. 30 seconds of spoilers for those who are didn't watch it. you spoil the whole thing right now? You know what happened. I don't anyway. know what happened. Well, then shut your ears. Okay. They all die. <laughs> <laughs> they're all English. I heard that. I hadn't shut my ears in time. They all discover they're English. <laughs> and just and they give themselves. up. Yeah. <laughs> no. Okay, go. What happens? Lady either gets married. Finds oh, happiness. broke my heart. It's, uh, there's someone for everyone, David. I was hoping she was from me. But watching her get married, David, that is yeah. the first second I truly realised Leicester City are going to win the Premier League. Wow. Because truly going to win Good it. things happening for Lady yeah. Edith. Good things happening to people Lady who truly Edith is the it. Claudio Ranieri. In a beauty, you win again. Yeah. And then a great tweet from at Wedge615. Mm-hmm. Carson, the aged butler, who reminded me ever more of my father mm. in his just general rigid way of approaching life in every regard. Um, out wedge 615, Carson steps down at the end and, and, and gives the house, a changed house, a damaged house perhaps, yeah. to Thomas, the evil Thomas who found... I like Thomas though, I, I always liked him. You know him. I love Thomas? 
Rob James Collier. Yeah. Everton fan. Thomas, yeah. proper Everton. I know, that's why you loved him. Who I loved him before that, or in did. spite of what that. What did you love about him? I don't know. I just think that there was something... I like people with flaws. You know this. We've spoken about this. I like a flawed you, human. You actually said, I like broken people. No, I, well, what I meant... I was just bad. I'm 50 now. I use words badly. <laughs> it was a... What I meant is I like people with flaws. Yep. Um, and uh, there was something always likeable about him, even when he was evil. Yep. That he's an Everton fan. <laughs> yeah, that was it. Um, that was the whole thing. Now out, that Everton are owned by their own oligarch, I don't know how I feel about it. Wed615 tweeted, turning over butler duties from yep. Carson to Barrow mm-hmm. feels a bit like going from Fergie to Moyes. Mm. Yeah. Interesting. It's going to end badly. Who's the Van Gaal? I've got to say, with Downton Abbey going, David, yep. what is must-watch television for you right now? Because I've been grappling with this. Well, Billions is yep. the greatest series, I think, maybe in the history of television. I love Billions. I wish it was on five days a week like Guiding Light. Maybe if it could be on seven days a week, 24 hours a day like CNN, I would love it. I think that's a comp- it's not the best show ever. What they'll it's say the, is that it's the best worst show on television me, of all time. It, what's the difference? It's, I it's love like that. Gossip Girl, it's best, or Reading Us Magazine. You know when you it's flick to Us Magazine, you think, oh, who really likes this? But at the same time, you're, like hooked, Shakespeare. you're completely I love it. and utterly hooked. Billions is like Shakespeare. That is modern William Shakespeare. When, when um, the, the, the scenes in Shakespeare where they pitch them out to the lower common masses in the cheap seats to keep them entertained. Not well, the more highfalutin stuff. Well, but it's sort of what he would be writing about. You know, it's about power. It's about rivalries. It's about struggles. The interfamilial crap. It's really just about you know, the male drive. Yeah. Ultimately, at the end of the day, in the most crass and hilarious fashion, yeah. wags. If yeah, you watch I love it, it. we actually it. got Brian Copperman and David Levine guesting on next week's MIB. Yeah, can't wait actually to find out how much of their own personal character they've written into Wags. Yeah, sure, he's based oh, on. He uses them. the word rapacious. What else, really though, David? Yeah, what else is must watch? Peaky Blinders is the one. The you show, love that. The show that I adore and actually ache for that next series to hurry up. Yeah, I've saved Elite Squad, the Brazilian TV series created by the guys who went on to make Narcos. Yeah, I really like Fargo, which you turned me on Fargo to. Fargo too. I'm watching that yeah. for the third time. Yeah, it's really, so really good. So eager for... Th- I know House of Cards is back. I'm excited to go and watch that. You are? Yeah, very oh, excited for time. House of Cards. And Broad City, David. Yeah. Broad City. Oh, that's the show that I wish was on 24 hours a day, seven days a week. Yeah. They both remind me of you. <laughs> In many ways. Before we pod, can yeah. I just say, Pat Conroy, R.I.P. One of producer J.W.'s favourite authors. Really? Yeah. J.W. calls him the poet laureate of military brats everywhere. Huh. And it reminded me of the Conroy quote that I've always loved. He said, children of warriors in our country learn the grace and caution that come from a permanent sense of estrangement. Wow. Actually, in Pat Conroy's honour, we've chosen the, uh, the winner of the Raven of the Week. Coming up oh, the Guinness. Beauty. It'll bring a tear poet to your philosopher. eye. Okay, brilliant, Rog. A Prince of Tides. That was Pat Conroy, right? I like that book a lot. Okay, we've got a packed show. We're going to break down a North London derby. Spuds versus Gooners. Spuds versus Gooners with very real title implications. We stand at attention and salute the mighty left boot of Riyad Mahrez, which led league leaders Leicester past Watford at Vicarage Road Saturday. And we discuss the mutiny of Bruin aboard the HMS Newcastle plus MLS opening day. And the US women's national team <laughs> versus Germany for all the marbles at the She Believes Cup, Rog. Oh, to the football, David. And before we open the can of Guinness, yeah. just say, I have never seen a weekend of more stupid red cards ever. Yeah, I know. There were just five of them, yeah. each one 
more ridiculous than the next. There yeah. were five. Three of the teams who went down to 10 men actually went on to salvage something out Wow. Two of them won the game. Mm. And one of them managed to go 2-0 ahead and then see that lead in the dying moments. Oh, wonder we who that was. talking about that Oh, one. really? That's not in the rundown. Anyway. Okay, crack open your Guinness, Rog. Let's get to the football. Good pouring. Good save, Rog. Very, very good save. I feel like Wags would enjoy Guinness. Cheers. <laughs> okay, Rog. We are now 29-38 of the way through the Premier League season. We're coming off a weekend in which good guys turned bad. Juan Mata and James Milner, scapegoats turned heroes. Christian Benteke and Villa turned, well, they're still crap. They didn't turn into anything. Tottenham 2, Arsenal 2. The 178th playing of the North London derby proves as entertaining as it is important. Arsenal took the lead behind a deft Aaron Ramsey 39th minute back heel only to see Francis Coquelin receive his second yellow card 16 minutes later. Spurs wasted no time in capitalising on the extra man, taking the lead after a 60th minute Toby Alderweireld strike and a 62nd minute Harry Kane goal of the year contender. But in the 76th minute, Alexis Sanchez steered a Hector Bellerin through ball past Hugo Lloris to leave the game knotted at deuces. Spurs stay second, five points off Leicester. Arsenal in third, eight points adrift. Oh, we should say both teams entered this game as damaged goods, David. Oh, they did. Mid-week losses. Spurs beaten by an effervescent West Ham. Mm. Arsenal managed to lose after being 1-0 up at home against Swansea. At Wink7 tweeted, Arsenal dropping more threes than Steph Curry. Mm. I mean, this promised to be a game akin to a scientific experiment to determine which force is more powerful, peak Arsenal or peak Spursiness. Uh-huh. Ultimately, I guess a draw. They cancelled each other was out the right a little result bit. When you look at that, but ahead of the game, fascinating to see how much aggro there was on the streets of North London. Scenes of sporadic violence, David. Yeah. For me, I watched that like bleeding Spurs fans, Arsenal fans, with uh, kind of blood coming out of their mouth, and asked myself, what is the difference between these human beings, religiously, geographically? or economically, between these two sets. It's not like they are, you know, there's a religious divide. Yeah. Or an economic class divide. Yeah. Shia and Sunni. No, they are, it's a very, they're very similar people who often live in the same street, many of them in the same house as each other. I think it's like a hatred born on too much similarity. Yeah. It's just too, there's just a shared level of fear and yeah. self-loathing that leads to the punches flying. Yeah. Big team news. You love this. No Peter Cech. A victim, perhaps, of the most peak Arsenal moment of the season. Yeah, he injured his uh, his calf (laughs) jogging back to his own net after going up for a corner in the Swansea game. He's going to be out for three or four weeks. He was replaced by David Ospina, whose comedy howlers against Olympiacos loom large Mm. before the game in Arsenal. Fans' minds early on. Yeah. It wasn't just the violence in the streets. The game was like hand-to-hand urban warfare. 41 tackles flew in in the first half. The most since tackles were invented. Spurs rippled, organised. Arsenal in the midfield. Little panic, little unsettled. Ramsey was everywhere, but nowhere of importance. Lamella and Rose charging through any crevice they could find as Per Mertesacker sent out distress signals his ship was listing in the face of the full-throated Spurs pressing. You could hear his German sphincter tighten. His schleichmuskel. Yeah. 
Tottenham, they have this ability. Their, their lines are all connected so well. Lloris connects so well with his defence, the defence so well with midfield, midfield up front. They just merge together as a sort of collective amoeba better than any other team in the Premier League. I and Arsenal Rush. played flinching football, product of so many players just going cold in front of goal at the same time. Sanchez, Ramsey on the bench, Giroud and Theo. And they've almost created a shared fear that becomes smotheringly all-pervasive. Though the fear about Ospina soon proven to be unfounded. Great oh, save yeah. Very good. from Lamella, one of nine, the most of an Arsenal goalie since Fabianski in 2009. Game then moved into a second phase, the one that commentators like to refer to as finely poised, yeah. with Danny Welbeck being a willing outlet for Arsenal. Yeah. And then the goal. Yeah. Welbeck's been good since he came back, Rog. There's no doubt about it. Um, but the goal, Rog, what a beautiful move. Welbeck on the left sends it over. Great ball to Bellerin. I thought it was a chasse at first, I must admit. And then when I looked at brilliant. it again, it was a brilliant pass. Uh, into Ramsey and that back heel pff, fantastic finish oh, it was an exquisitely crafted goal it reminded me of goals passed from Arsenal they yeah. fluent confident ecstatic used to be their trademark uh, flickering through to the present and those Arsenal fans they just could not believe the feelings they were experiencing vaguely known to other fans as happiness that Mark Busquet said we understand it well it's the feeling that comes just before soul-crushing misery how prescient he proved to be. I've got a question, Davo. There's a tiresome myth about Aaron Ramsey goals that every time he scores, a celebrity dies. <laughs> How many does he have to net before Piers Morgan gets it? <laughs> a lot more. A lot more. <laughs> We're all praying for Aaron Ramsey goals. <laughs> keep well, it up, Aaron. Yeah, keep it up. Keep shooting. Keep scoring. Not to keep, sound like yeah, Joe no. Hart. Shoot from anywhere. Keep Shoot shooting. from anywhere. Keep scoring, Aaron. Yeah. Oh, second half. Really? When they came on, you thought this is going to be a test of everything that Spurs believe in, everything Spurs stand for. Instead, it was Arsenal-ish behaviour that yeah. really dictated the pattern <laughs> yes, of play. Spurs, Spurs got a major uh, hand from Francis Coquelin, Rog. The, the first yellow card, inconceivable enough. Yeah. You, know, you must say, when Arsenal players handball... You remember Oxlade-Chamberlain's saving handball of a goal that was going wide uh, against Chelsea a couple of seasons ago. This handball was like, pff, there's been a lot of doubt about exactly what the handball is, what is a handball, but this was about as handball as you get. He saves it for no reason uh, by the sideline, handles it with both hands, yellow card immediately. And you thought that might come back to haunt him. He tries to... You know, it's amazing. The commentators watched a little bit too much slow motion here and they sort of felt that Harry Kane might have lulled Coquelin into that, chat, into that challenge. Harry Kane's just trying to bring the ball under control down the sideline. Coquelin lunges into him so late. Uh, Kane could do nothing to avoid the challenge. Bam, immediate second yellow card. Apply your nipple clamps to Arsenal. For that. I say, the thing I admire about Arsenal is the creativity and just the tirelessness that they bring to finding new ways to self-sabotage mm. in massive games, offering delicious assists uh, that inevitably lead to their own self-destruction. After that, Davo, it was just Spurs, Sharks, blood, water. Ospina repelled Harry Kane immediately from close range. I applaud the Colombian. No one is better at goalkeeping from deep inside his own net. Yeah. Goal line technology proved by the slightest of margins, kind of the yeah. same margins by which Arsenal fans still believe they're going to win the Premier League, that it wasn't a goal, but the inevitable then happened. Yes, Rog, from the uh, Ericsson corner, the ball falls to Alderweireld, and uh, he finishes it. 
Peaky blinders, Arthur Shelby. The question yeah. then became, could Arsenal keep Spurs crushing momentum at bay? They were brave. They were courageous. But one minute, 58 <laughs> seconds later. I know. Uh, Harry Kane, Roger. What a fantastic goal that was. Oh, Spurs it started gasm. with the flick. Spurs gasm. The flick from Deli Ali was beautiful. You just don't see English people do this. He did a flick. He actually had the imagination to chase down the ball and flick it. Uh, it fell to Harry Kane. Harry Kane cut inside, opens up his body, Rog, in a way that we're not... You know, most English people couldn't even open up their body like that. He opens up his body. That you, was enough. You can put these views from the... He already had, had no me. idea. He already had me at opening up his body. And then he finished it, put some curl on it, started it outside the goal, and it went in. English people, Beckham occasionally used to hit them in like that from a set piece when the ball wasn't moving. I don't think we've seen an Englishman... Do that. Open up his body, moving ball, started outside the goal, curl it in. With people I watching. I mean, the F2, guys, the F2 guys do it on AstroTurf with no other players playing and a, and a sort of a, you know, some a friend of theirs in goal not trying to save it. But we've not seen any English player do that in real live action in a real game ever. The greatest tribute to that goal yeah. was that even though an Englishman struck it, yeah. normally when an Englishman strikes at yeah. the commentators say, well, did he mean it? Was it a cross or was yeah. it a shot? I think Harry Kane was a bit lucky there. <laughs> yeah. I think he was just trying to pop it in on gut. Yeah. No one doubted it for a second. You're right, he intended that it. is how wonderful it was the burden of proof is always on the English goal scorer and he passed it clinically <laughs> he did. amazing amazing oh, translucent masks for exhibitionist superheroes who yeah. know they're going to score a wonder goal and want yeah. to make sure that the whole world knows Clark Kent I don't is think that Superman. was a mask I think those were swimming goggles I don't quite understand I think he kept what, them from primary school I don't understand school. what knock that is going to protect any part of his face <laughs> from to be candid it's not as in case he has to go swimming right after the game but we said on the show to do that as a footballer, is unbelievable. Yeah. To do it as an Englishman is even yeah. more unbelievable. You've got to get rid of the shackles to before you open the ball, up your body. The mental shackles, oh. born of six decades of post-war decline and just the dismembering of your empire. Yeah. To take the feel with that on your mind, Davo, still yeah. be able to do that. That kind of Michael Jordan, yeah. Larry Bird, horse McDonald's commercial shot, Davo. Yeah. The thing I love most about it was his celebration. Yeah. He just showed the ebullience of a man who still loves football with the same passion he experienced as a kid playing yeah, in the streets. Right. We should have smashed that joy out of him years yeah, ago. Yeah, I know. How did he, how did he manage to keep that? I'm sure tabloid kind newspapers of a having an inquest what right kind now. Of, what kind of a school did he go to where they didn't <laughs> knock that out of him, Rog? <laughs> you had his joy, Davo. Yeah. And then on the sideline, cameras cut to poor, poor Arsene Wenger. Ugh. The pain of Kane falls mainly on Arsene. Yeah. Watching him clapse his head into his hands on the sideline, David, yeah. like a condemned man receiving a death sentence. Yeah, the English. Oh, how did he? I just, my heart broke for him. I know yeah. Arsenal fans are probably like, oh, I've told him, he's right, got to go. Arsenal. Yeah, 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 yeah. But as a human being, I felt terrible for him. And then I started to wonder, how do you fire Arsene Wenger? How do you fire a man who you is. You can't fire him. You can't. Fire you can't. Him. He's unfireable. I don't think you can fire him. Yeah. They talk about maybe invite him to leave is the phrase yeah. at season's because end. Because they'll play again next game and they'll be unstoppable and they'll be amazing. Here's what I think you have to do, Arsenal fans. Yeah. You really do want him to go. There's a lot of you now. You see no progress. You see the big games repeating, snow falling, snow on snow. Yeah, on snow. You need to look at history. Uh-huh. You need to look at Stalin. Uh-huh. Put a pillow over his face and announce he died of natural causes. Henry VIII. Lenin. 
poison slash natural death yeah. in his sleep. Uh-huh. Yeah, Henry VIII. Yeah. Divorced, beheaded, died, divorced, beheaded, survived. Yep. Beheaded Andre Would be the option. <laughs> beheaded Arshavin. What we're saying is, Arsenal fans, some yeah. leaders are simply too great and their yeah. deeds too seismic to merely yeah. step down on their own. Yeah. They might need the kind of assist that only Meza Ozil can provide. Are, we, are we honestly condoning that somebody murders Arsene Wenger? Didn't say that. Okay, good. Didn't say that, yeah, We David. wouldn't condone that. Uh, but we are saying that he wouldn't leave of his own accord. Yep. That's inciting. <laughs> if that's not inciting violence, I don't know what is. I think Bully, if he's listening, is going to yeah. up and off him. The heavens open. Yeah. Oh, that shot of a deluge above White Hart Lane. It looks yeah. as if the field was being soaked by the tears of generations of Arsenal fans up there in heaven. Yeah. Those two minutes, Davo, just pure Spurs poor. Had the team held on, Davo, those two minutes would have ranked up there amongst the best two minutes in Spurs history. And it's in Spurs fans' lives, essentially. But then Arsenal threw caution to the wind. They just summoned a desperate desire, a character that's been all too absent. Arsenal, I always feel, play better when the pressure isn't on them. And in some ways, the pressure was off them at that point because they were expected to lose. They weren't expected. It would have been OK down to 10 men for them to have lost it. They always seem to play their best football when the pressure isn't on them. And they came back into the game because they have players of great individual skill. They have players with telepathic ability to communicate with each other and do beautiful things with a football, Rog. Alexis Sanchez. It's first goal in 11 games. Hold me close, a tiny dancer. Yeah. Lay me down in sheets of what, David? Lemon. Yeah, lemon. Yeah. It's got to be lemon. It can't yeah, be it's linen. It's not linen. Who Why, would, that wouldn't make any sense. Who would want to lie in sheets of linen? Scratchy sheets. When you can, Scratchy sheets. Yeah, no, I want the scent of lemon. Yeah, the sweetest oh. of dreams. Guaranteed, Elton John. Yeah. Crap goal mm-hmm. conceded by a defence that up to then had been harder to unlock than an Apple iPhone. Yeah, it's the, almost like it was, the, it was like the free kick that bumbles under the wall. It was like he hit it so slowly that... Lloris had already finished his dive and was picking himself up off the floor when it went past him. It's like an off-speed pitch. It, exactly. They're dashing a mighty Lloris, what they call in French, un feu pas. Yeah. Significant strike, though, for Sanchez, for mm. Arsenal, for Arsenal fans crushed by the weight of narrative. They're chokers. Mm. They're self-sabotagers. They are mentally weak. But to come back and find a way to grind out a crucial goal, Davey, yeah. in this big game against their biggest geographical rivals, Davey, mm. and then to find a way to come back and grind out a crucial goal. To access a reserve of resistance, potency and courage, we don't associate with them at all. Yeah. But I don't know how crucial was it. Well, I guess we'll see. How crucial was the goal? How crucial was one point in this game, you know, for either team? Yeah, but especially bit, for was, Arsenal, It was a bit Cruz Rubio. Shouldn't one of them have done the decent thing and drop out the race so they could yeah. catch up with Leicester? No, David? exactly. At Churnit Things tweeted, when the second Arsenal goal went in, I thought, that's so arsenal for Spurs then realised it was actually quite spursy. I mean, when that goal in, Dave, I thought happiness is but a fleeting emotion in an Arsenal fan's life. I bet Arsenal fans were momentarily ecstatic. But the second that goal hit the back of the net, they probably realised, oh my God, now we've got something to lose. And the fear kicked right back in. Yeah, Arsenal's title to lose. But they don't enjoy it. From then on, it was all Arsenal. Yeah. Even though they had 10 men, they were charging forward with belief. Yeah. Arsenal fans sung top of the league and you f***ed it up. Yeah. Did Spurs choke or did they simply run out of gas? Tough to know. I mean, look, I think the end of this season, we're really going to know whether, you know, Pochettino's, you know, fitness regimen that he has these players working through is going to exhaust them. They did seem to tire a little bit at the end of this game, but there are also some knocks on that team all over the park. You know, Deli Ali still, still seems to be carrying some kind of an injury. Mentally weak, 
or physically tiring. Either scenario would be disconcerting to me if I was a Spurs fan, especially with a tasty, tasty Europa League clash Thursday against Dortmund, the equivalent of European football shipping or fan fiction. It's football as if derived from the desire for two fictional characters to be in a romantic relationship together. Oh, Dortmund, Spurs, sexy, sexy stuff. Mm-hmm. Complete opposite of Liverpool United, which is the equivalent of being forced to watch Rupert Murdoch and Jerry Hall doing it. <laughs> um, both teams had a chance to win it late on. Gabriel sliced the ball over his own net. Vimmer denied Ramsey yep. with a last-ditch tackle. It ended tackle. 2-2, which made it official. Arsenal and Spurs, the worst fox catchers since John Dupont. Okay, Rog, let's talk about the leaders. Watford, nil, Leicester, one. The Leicester bandwagon rolls through Vicarage Road and they collect all three points behind a 56th-minute curling blast. Another great goal, Rog, from Riyad Mahrez, or rather from Riyad Mahrez's left foot, if you see that as being a separate being. It's the Algerians' (laughs) 15th goal of the season. Leicester now five points clear at the top. Nine games to go. Leicester City fast replacing St. Jude as the patron saint of lost causes to pray to. And the game set off at a blistering pace. Both teams charge at each other with intensity. Jamie Vardy, mm. evermore the product of a forbidden feral love between a man and a sewer rat. <laughs> chance after chance, David. Yeah. yeah, certainly. Set up by Albrighton again and again and again. You know, he's got such speed, Rog. He finds space behind defenders. I don't think Watford's back line are the quickest but he gets those opportunities. Those goals, though, were going in earlier this season, Rog. And Watford suddenly also dead in front of goal. Mm. They toil without evidencing a real belief they could score. Goals have dried up. Mm. Gallo and Troy Deeney. Troy Deeney. Fat Drake. Yeah. They've now failed to score in seven of their last nine Premier League matches together. Yeah. Leicester frustrated, but a double change at halftime changed the game again. Second weekend in the run. Andy King and Schlupp. Uh, come on, uh, Rog, and uh, seem to inject Leicester with that little Sharper bit of something. Edge. Little yeah. bit of something. I mean, their weakness was meant to be the lack of depth, Leicester. But it's mm. fascinating for the second week on a Schlupp in particular. Fantastic, yeah, uh, potency when he Schlupp. comes on. It's definitely in my top five, David. Yeah, and within, yeah. within eleven minutes, they've taken the lead. Yep, fifty-sixth minute. Riyad Mahrez, Rog, that left <sighs> foot. I mean, that left foot is just. Tasty. Is it it's left it's foot? Tasty. Or is it a scimitar of truth? Well, it's also that. Because it is the kind of goal It's that a left it, scimitar of it, truth it, it rather make, than a right one. It makes you wonder why he doesn't do that all the time, David. I know. Well, you can't unleash your scimitar of truth all the time. Yeah. There's not that much truth. Sound, you sound like I'm talking to Yaya Toure. He says the same. <laughs> I know. I've only, got, I've only got a I've minute and a half a game. I've only got, yeah, I've got a reserve of yeah. scimitar of truth. Q delirium. Yeah. A group of geology students at the University of Leicester mm. have stuck earthquake detecting equipment right by the ground. Yeah. And they've been monitoring the seismic activity when Leicester score. Uh-huh. They said it's on the Richter scale. It measures the same as a 0.3 magnitude earthquake. Uh-huh. A close look showed this is a strong correlation between the exact time Leicester scored and the occurrence of the large seismic signals. People of Britain, yeah. these are your tax dollars at work. Yeah. Oh, wonderful. I imagine them being like the Ghostbusters team, just part right. Don't back. cross the streams. <laughs> Don't cross the streams. Oh, Leicester City, David. Yeah. Have won 31 points away from home this season in the Premier League. Five more now than any other team. At S House 12, Leicester's lead over the second place team is now five points. The exact same as Bayern Munich's. What is this world twisted? Yeah. He says they are now 
nine games from an unfathomable glory. Yeah, would be amazing. The league position of their remaining opponents, 19th, 15th, 8th, 17th, 5th, 16th, 6th, 11th and 10th, i.e. mostly pretty crap. Yeah, Chelsea on the last day of the season talking about pretty crap. Oh, they are a story that has made me rethink my position on unicorns, mm-hmm. crocs of gold at the end of rainbows, yep. and mostly shocking of all, Claudio Ranieri's Yeah, David. good for him. So happy for that man. At Rue, 41013 says, in sports history, a Leicester City title this year would only compare with when Babe the Pig won the National Sheepdog competition. <laughs> that, was, that was a big moment in sports history. No, it's almost as big as that. Yeah, no, especially at a week where the Lakers uh, beat the Golden State Warriors. People say it's the biggest upset that's ever happened in sports. It's like, you know, watch some Premier yeah, League just, football. Just tell season. Lakers fans these yeah. three words, Babe the Pig. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, okay, Rog, they go five points clear at the top. Tottenham and Arsenal following the team with the game in hand, though, Rog, Man City. They hosted Aston Villa. They beat them 4-0 and a rather routine win. Goals from Yaya Toure, Raz, Rog, and two from Sergio Aguero. See City stay fourth. Just 10 points off Leicester. They got a game in hand. The embers of City's title challenge still burning. No win, though, against the current top eight so far this season. Hmm. That did not bother them because this week they were playing Aston Villa. And although City were completely dead inside midweek against Liverpool, they're always ready to dispense bare-bottom spankings against the weak and feeble, which Aston Villa certainly are, David. Yeah, first half, though, they showed a little bit of resistance. Well, one person in particular. Step up, Sir Bradley Guzan. Reclaiming his place just in time to be on the end of a mauling. 4-0, yet he played with courage and actually had a fantastic game of football. First half, he was amazing. And then he realised the things he was saving the ball with were his hands. <laughs> exactly. And those hands were attached to his yeah. body. And then he panicked a little. Yeah. They're not scimitars of truth. Oh, Villa's veteran, Micah Richards, who yeah. actually played at City between 2005 and 2015, yeah. was Manchester City's key playmaker. Yeah. One-man defensive disaster. Mm. just changed the game with a series of half-hearted defensive efforts, lapses of concentration, as Villa essentially adopted the position and decided to treat this as a training game. 4-0, and even Raz scored. Yeah. Little Raheem Sterling, when he netted at the far post and then looked at the cameras, mm. I'm sweary-mouthed, how bad a Villa? Even I scored. <laughs> really? That's a, Yeah, interesting. We'll go and check the tapes. Money on it. OK, uh, another shock result of the weekend, Rog, but maybe not. West Brom won, Man United nil. In what those following the game on Twitter must have thought was a case of mistaken identity, Juan Mata... <laughs> Rod, Juan Mata was sent off in the 26th minute for back-to-back yellow cards. The Baggies capitalise on the extra man in the 66th minute. I love that minute. With Solomon Rondon thrusting the winner past David De Gea. United fall into sixth, three points off the top four. West Brom in real form, Rod. Yeah, I mean, although entering this game to give United their full name, they were actually hottest team in football, Man United. LVG's team had seen off Shrewsbury. Yes, Michelin, Arsenal, <laughs> yeah, exactly. and Watford, small teams all. Although over the past month, this has become not your father's West Bromwich Albion, David. Yeah, they're, they're still crap, yeah. but they're beating other teams well, with their crap. Well, for Tony Poulis, this is a high-octane, free-scoring, powerful and direct football team, David, yeah. by his standards. And in the early exchanges, I mean, they really did drive United back. And then the game changed on a moment for which I'm just hoping, I mean, the, the Juan Mata red card, I'm hoping... 
that Serial do a podcast investigation into how yeah. the heck this happened. It yeah. just seems, I mean, just even now, even though we watched it with our own eyes, yeah. I cannot imagine how yeah. Juan Mata... He blocked a free kick, got a stupid yellow card. red card of all time. He blocked a free kick, got one yellow card. Yeah. And then just a few minutes later... Two and a half minutes. Yeah, ends up... Um, turning you know, Ewok Enforcer, yeah. flying into Darren Fletcher. Yeah. I mean, it will be lost to history. What went through Juan Mata's mind as he swung out wildly and kicked so petulantly? I don't think he liked it when Louis van Gaal used the word horny in a press conference in front of him. I think he's traumatised. <laughs> Honestly, I think he's traumatised by that. I would be. It's the trauma speaking. Yeah. Yeah, I've got to say, even in his defence, when he committed acts of smurfish violence, he just mm. remains adorable. Mm. I said on the show, watching Juan Mata trudge off the field. It was an adorable walk off the field. It was the saddest. Most adorable demise since yeah. Bing Bong faded away and inside yeah, out. Similar. Who's your friend who likes to play? Bing Bong, <laughs> Bing Bong. His rocket makes you yell hooray. Yeah. Bing Bong. Really, teared. Tears. He's such a gorgeous man. As gorgeous as he is, LVG's argument post game was ridiculous. <laughs> yeah, that, that you should take into account who the man is and what a good guy he is before you send him off. Yeah, the referee has to know the person doing it. And yeah, I don't think Matters ever had bad tackles or something like that. It's ridiculous to send him yeah, off. Yeah, but Judge Iver would have yep. done that before sentencing Rog. My father probably would have hung all professional football <laughs> players without any trial. Yeah. But arguing the referee should not send off a player for his actions because he seems to have a sweet persona. It's just mm. totally bonkers. West Brom pounced. Yeah. Rondon. Yeah. Sin Piedad on David De Gea. Go Venezuela. Four goals in six league games for the hunky. Yeah. He is a hunky Venezuela. He is, he's large. I bet you Raheem Sterling, that's where he got his idea for a haircut, for that real man. But it was game over. United had loads of ball, but they then played as if the nets were on the side of the field. Just Uh one shot and goal. Odd tactical decisions that compounded the defeat in many fans' eyes. Herrera off for Schneidlin. And I guess the salt in the gaping septic wound for United is at the brains of the West Brom team. United cast off Darren Fletcher. Hmm. Had a fantastic game, 32 years old, free transfer, and he commands his team with an intelligence, a rugged intelligence, born of the kind of experience that this United side crave. LVG narrative flips once more. He's destroying United! No, he's weaving his philosophy into the club by playing the kids. And now we revert to, he's destroying Manchester United! (laughs) And the Europa League crap-off against Liverpool now looms. Three wins in a row for West Brom. Their first against United in the Premier League era at home. Wow. Mazel tov. Can't wait. TP. Rog. Uh, so, Man United in sixth place. Just behind them in seventh, Liverpool, who visited Crystal Palace. Crystal Palace one, Liverpool two. Uh, Benteke, Rog. Benteke came off the bench. He won a stoppage time penalty and he coolly slotted it past Palace goalkeeper Alex McCarthy. He made a horrible howler in this game, Rog. Liverpool move up into seventh place. Palace, though, they dropped to 15th. Oh, how I'm far falling. they have fallen. Dangerously close to a game of relegation Rochambeau. What a game. Liverpool end a near two-decade wait for glory at Selhurst Park. Didn't look like it early on. They conceded a goal from a corner. Conceding goals from corners appears more deadly than giving away a penalty for Jurgen Klopp's eye. Yeah. And then James Milner sent off for acting like Juan Mata in public. Yeah. Why is it that this weekend was just a dreadful one for people with the initials JM? Yeah, that's interesting. Have you been in touch with Jenny McCarthy? I have not. I'm worried for John Mayer. Yeah. Not for Joseph Mengele. Yeah. I hope he had a terrible weekend. Yeah. And I know he How about Jose Mourinho? <sighs> no comment. Yeah. 
Uh, but as potent as Palace had been in the first half, where Balassi and even Adebayora threatened, mm-hmm. the second Alex McCarthy rolled the clearance straight to the feet of Roberto Firmino. Yeah. Ten goals he's been involved in in 2016, quietly more than anybody else in the league. Just a total panic overwhelmed the side. And then stoppage time, 90th minute, plus four. <sighs> Terrible challenge by Damien Delaney in, the, uh, in his own penalty area. Brings down Benteke. Uh, Benteke steps up to the spot, slots it past 2-1. Heartbreak in South London. Yeah, well, Jurgen Klopp had sent on the lumbering Christian Benteke, even though he'd had Daniel Sturridge on his bench. Yeah. And you wondered why. He then charged at Delaney. Brutal for him. He'd had a fantastic game. Celtic war chariot, just exhausted at the end, clipped him with his knee. Down went Benteke, a man who hadn't scored in 715 minutes of football. He'd been the Cal Ripkin of not scoring. Mm. And it was him who I thought was very courageous, to be candid, scoring a critical penalty. Palace, free fall, not won in the last 12 games. Three straight wins for Liverpool. Jurgen Klopp's team making a late charge for Europa qualification glory. OK, Rog, sorry to do this to you. Everton 2, West Ham 3. Slavin Bilic's side put three past Everton in the final 12 minutes to walk out of Goodison with vivid dreams of the Champions League. The Irons are only one point off Manchester City. Although, as we said earlier, City have played one fewer game. What do you want to talk about? Well, do you want to just talk about the first two goals? Then we'll stop after Lukaku gets Declare the penalty. Victory in my Declare mind. victory. We don't have to talk about West Ham getting three. I just say it doesn't bother. This the game didn't bother me. Yes, it did. No, it didn't. It did. It We've no spoken longer, about this. You no said you were hurts. numb, and then you admitted it did hurt. It no longer hurts anymore. Oh, we're back to it not hurting. I'm too numb. <laughs> You're numb again. Too numb. Okay, just trying to it's, keep up. Do you know when you've got like near fatal frostbite? Yeah. And you can hack off your fingers. Yeah. And you don't feel anything because you've long stopped having any sense of them. Done it several times. That's how I feel, mate. Yeah. That's how I feel today. Mm. I mean, I don't know what to tell you. This was the first home game of a new era. Yeah. Big money. Uh huh. Bright future. Yeah. Everton fans spend much of the pregame screaming, We are effing rich. We are effing rich. Yeah. It was better when you didn't have any money. We were brilliant. <laughs> Swagger. Work rate, West Ham on the back foot. Lukaku rolled off Reese Oxford as if he was a 17-year-old boy. He is. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I thought, please let us pray Lukaku likes the smell of Iranian Real. <laughs> I want to stay so badly. Yeah. Yeah, we had Kevin Morales, speedy two yellows, complete moment of idiocy. A player who's been on the bench so much this season. It's twice now in 15 games he's run on and immediately got himself sent off. Ugh. I think he got sent off once in his first 88 games. Mm. But it's like this pent-up frustration. That's what gets released as soon as he runs on rather than yeah. actually playing football. Down to 10 men, though. No problem. West Ham was strangely listless after their midweek endeavours yeah. against Spurs. And it was Spurs' ex-player, Aaron Lennon. Born yeah. again, Aaron Lennon. Yeah. He is risen. JC is awesome. And I said to myself... Nothing can go wrong now. Uh-huh. Everton just storming forward. What do we do next? Well, you get a penalty, Rog. <sighs> Let's just stop the game right now. I know. Let's go 3-0 up. Yeah. Yeah. And yet... We didn't. Adrian, fantastic. Yeah, slightly great. off his line when he... Uh, when well, he like every goalkeeper. Like every goalkeeper who saved every penalty in the Premier League this season. But it was like, you know, the good fellas Scorsese trick of freezing something right there and having V out. Yeah. If you had it, the second Lukaku's penalty was saved, you would stop yeah. the game. And my voice would say, it was at this very moment I knew this Everton side wouldn't win the game. The only question left for me at 2-0 up was, would we lose 
or would we get a point? And you, David, nothing that followed. Surprise. Not one thing. Not uh, one. There was a Greek character. I can't remember his or her name. And please, if you're listening and you're a Greek scholar, email us. Yeah. Who was cursed by the gods yeah. by being given the power to foresee the future, which as a kid I thought was an amazing gift. And I yeah. couldn't understand how that was a curse. Yeah. But the curse was she could foresee her own murder, which uh-huh. I, if I remember was at the temple. I think somebody threw a net over her and somebody else stabbed her to death with a trident. And this game, Davo. It's a nasty way to go. Yeah, she was a terrible way to Nets yeah. and tridents, oh. nasty way to go. If you go to the temple, you want to avoid nets. Nets, and certainly don't take your trident. Tridents. Yeah, and she was unable to prevent it, which must have been absolutely excruciating. That's how I felt watching. My team was 2 0 up. Yeah, I knew we're about to be trapped in a net and just slowly stabbed to death by Slavon Bilic. But well, you're numb to it. It doesn't even doesn't bother, bother you me. anymore. Doesn't Not bother at me. All. I haven't thought about it since. <laughs> no, clearly. All I could do was look on in horror and scream uh-huh. to no effect, David. Yeah. Nothing, nothing, nothing. Yeah. Everton, all I can say is they're worse than Trump University. Happy for Payet. Scored the winner, the yeah. inevitable winner yeah. in the 90th minute. I'd say measure of revenge. I respect that. He was injured, I think, out for 56 days in, after the reverse fixture. Yeah. And being beaten by such a beautiful player. Yeah. I mean... Being beaten by Payet, it's like being Johnny Boz at the beginning of Basic Instinct <laughs> and being killed while making love to a beautiful person who stabs you in the neck with an ice pick. You're really clutching onto anything right now <laughs> to help you get through That's this. That's it. That's it, David. Yeah. Roberto Martinez talked about hard luck, the referee, the timekeeping. Yeah. But um, Everton team, led in six games this season, dropped the lead. Mm. Six time, 3 3 draw. You remember against little teams, uh, Bournemouth and Chelsea? Yeah, I remember that. Late winners, 4 3 loss against Stoke City in December. Yeah. We are not learning from mistakes, we just repeat them. Yeah. You could have 10 more points now, which would put us on the brink of Champions League football, which is where this team should be, Davo. Yeah. And that's it the darkness that surrounds a season, which promised a trip to the moon, but delivered only a damp squib and a rocket left on the launch pad. You've got an oligarch now, Rog. Everything's going to be okay. He, he owns <sighs> Russian energy companies. He's Iranian. He's Iranian. Hurrah. It's all good. Yeah. Everything's good, Rog. It's all Give good. me a hug. Yeah, I'm completely the opposite, Rog. I, I am shocked when Chelsea don't win games. So I have, still haven't reprogrammed. I've seen Chelsea be so crap this season, but I still haven't reprogrammed myself to expect the inevitable equaliser in the 85th minute from De Oof. Uh, Staffordshire's Barcelona leave Stamford Bridge with a share of the spoils. Diof's goal cancelled out. An absolute thumper by Bertrand Traore, Rog. He started in place of the slightly injured Diego Costa, probably more likely being rested for the Champions League fixture against PSG. <sighs> Chelsea, wonderful goal from Traore. That was really oh, three, something sensational. Three feet high and rising. Yeah, he's scoring a lot of goals. He Four looks in like his a last real five. Real prospect. Yeah, he's the best thing out of Burkino Faso since Cashew Nuts. Yeah. But Stoke kept coming and coming. Yeah. They're such a good team. I've got to tell you, the play of Gianelli in Bula, I've rarely been more blown away by a performance at Stamford Bridge by a midfielder than this young man. He's one for Did the Did you covet him, Precious? Oh, I coveted him. I can't believe that Chelsea didn't get him. He is fantastic, Rog. At Neon Ribald said, they've been trumped by other feel-good stories, but Stoke... And Mark Hughes deserve credit. They took castaways and made it work, unlike the QPR raisins. There is something remarkable at the heart of this Stoke story. Yeah, they really. paid top dollar for defective blue-chip European talent, but they've been able to motivate them to actually play with passion. 
as opposed to just draw a paycheck and drag the team down. You know what I was thinking about as I was watching them is that Mark Hughes, former Chelsea striker, still beloved at Chelsea, Mark Hughes. And a bit of a chip on his shoulder. Definitely, but he's still beloved there. But he's actually built a team that's a little bit like good Chelsea, formerly good Chelsea. They had incredible steel. They've always, Stoke have always played really hard, you know, spineful football. Spineful. Down the centre. What he's now fused is that skill on top of it, which was the secret of Chelsea's success for season after season after season under Mourinho. And um, really, they are fun to watch. Shakiri, Boyan, Anatovic, Imbula, they've got players of such skill and ability backed up by the steel all over the park. Love watching them play football. One of my favourite stories of the week, Chelsea captain John Terry has revealed yeah. that the Blues' first team mm-hmm. have a ritual before games yeah. of the players all using the same urinal in the dressing room. Yeah. It's a news story. Yeah. Trying to get objective confirmation yeah. that that urinal is not actually Matt Miazga's locker. Yeah, it's also quite likely that that is the only urinal in the locker room. <laughs> this is England we're talking about, Rog. There's no choice. Land of uh, tiny urinals. Without a doubt. Uh, Southampton won, Sunderland won. Big Sam's post-game pie goes from celebratory to conciliatory in the 93rd <laughs> minute when 17th century painter slash Premier League centre-back Virgil van Dijk slammed home the tying goal for Southampton. Sunderland remain just one point clear of the drop zone, Rog. Yeah, and Sunderland, the club enmeshed in a whole lot of darkness, came out this week that the club's chief executive is facing allegations. She knew that Adam Johnson had abused a 15-year-old fan, Mm. but allowed him to stay on and play at the club. Johnson currently awaiting sentencing for the crime. A further grim blot on the copybook of the club run by American financier Ellis Short. Uh, Swansea won Norwich. Nil, a second-half goal from Urbane, Icelander Giffy Sigurdsson, proves the difference in an otherwise agricultural affair. Norwich remain mired in 18th. Swansea moved nine points clear of the drop. Yeah, I mean, two things on this that were interesting. Credit to Swansea's Italian manager, Guideline, yeah, who was actually hospitalised with a chest infection ahead of this game. No. But he's quietly put together a life-saving record for this club. Yeah, two big wins in the last few days. The Arsenal won in midweek, <sighs> particularly notable. He was named manager Jan 18th. Swansea, 22 points. They now have 33 and a nine points safely above the relegation zone. That man has saved Welsh lives. But at the game, it was fascinating. Who was in the stands? Oh, the new president of FIFA. Potent powerballed. Infantino. Johnny, baby. Friend of Troidini. He comes into town to experience firsthand what football looks like without all the corruption. Mm. And it wasn't very good. Yeah. English papers delighted in noting Infantino, Infantino flew into town on an easy jet, which is, I guess, European Airlines version. How would you describe Greyhound bus? Yeah, pretty similar. Eager to show his common touch and that the new yeah. FIFA is the opposite of old FIFA. Except inside that easy jet, it's probably gold plated. <laughs> it looks like a Learjet inside, like a Gulfstream. Yeah, that's an improvement though, David, because Seth Blatter would have just flown in on his Gulfstream and strafed yeah. the villagers upon his arrival just for laughs. Yeah, on his dragon. Make another pass. <laughs> we'll strafe them. <laughs> uh, Newcastle won. <laughs> Talking of strafed <laughs> villagers, Rog. Newcastle 1, Bournemouth 3. The darkness in Newcastle is no longer confined uh-huh. to the 20 hours a day. Songs, sunlight. One day after a press conference bust up with a journalist, it's an amazing piece of video. Steve McLaren yeah. sees his side fall at home to Bournemouth. Darkness. Newcastle sit in 19th place, one point from safety. They do have a game in hand on those around them. They do have a game in hand to lose. Who would be an English Premier League manager? 
I mean, however bad your week has been, dear listener, oh. just thank God that you are not Steve McLaren, a yeah. man who's the least of his problems is the hair island. Yeah. By which he will be remembered. Yeah, I love I'm sure hair producer J Dubs is already producing his obituary video for yeah. the next week Men in Blazers show. That's good. His weekend started by being chased out of a press conference by an extremely rabidly angry English journalist yeah. who waddled after him at the back door of the press room bellowing, Walk away, Steve. Smile and grin again. He's been out of his depth since the minute he walked in. But he, the best thing about it is he keeps on opening and closing the door. <laughs> and hurling more insults. I know. He's finished. Keeps on and thinking. No, he keeps on thinking. I really shouldn't be doing this. I really, but, but, but I just <laughs> can't help myself. Shutting the door. And then no, yeah, I've got to open it again and oh, do it. It was amazing. And all I can say is, it would get worse for Steve McLaren yeah. against the future cherries, battered by Bournemouth. Brave Bournemouth. Fantastic Bournemouth. Can we now say, uh, announce they are probably, please God, safe from relegation. Oh, I hope. N- Newcastle, they were Don't curse them, though, Rog. Don't tw- curse them. 24 points from 28 games, the lowest in Premier League history. Massive games await for Newcastle against Leicester City on Monday and then against dread rivals Sunderland the week after as they compete in a mini-league at the bottom of the table consisting of Norwich City, Sunderland and the Cleveland Browns. Good news, though. They remain just one point from safety. Bad news. They've got little to no hope after Steve McLaren. Nigel Pearson, Rafa Benitez or David Moyes may well be the new manager by the time they next play. I'm praying they bring back John Carver. I loved his work. Oh, we'll see, Rog. Okay, MLS, Rog. We need a jingle. Can you explain what you're doing when you make that noise? I'm doing that guitar slide. Yeah. I've got MLS fever. Yeah. I love it, Rog. It began its 21st season. So American. It began its 21st hard rock music from Alexi Lalas. It began its 21st season this Sunday with a rematch. Slap bass. Of last year. Boop, 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 boop. Perhaps some syn drums. Uh, rematch of last year's final. Mike McGee celebrated his return to LA. We should get a jingle LA just for the MLS portion of the show. We should get Alexi to write it. Listeners. And by listeners, I mean Killer Diggins. Oh, yeah. If you want to write that? We need it to be super American. That'd be amazing. Yeah, it'd be so good. Uh, Mike McGee, Rog, he celebrated his return to LA in style in Chicago. NYCFC combining for a touchdown's worth of goals, extra points included. (sighs) Well, the season really began with the CONCACAF Champions League. That annual gauntlet of pain. Yeah, forget about that. Pre-season. Yeah, it Mm. didn't happen. It did happen. I mean... Pre-season MLS teams being mowed down by Liga MX clubs in fine season form is yep. just utterly mashugger. MLS have lost four out of 15 knockout stages to the clubs. I mean, rationally, the calendar is a partial, almost complete explanation. Look at the difference between Premier League clubs in pre-season, NFL teams in pre-season, and look who gets to the Super Bowl. Yeah. You also got the depth of roster, just the DPs, the, the, the lack of quality of non-DPs also a factor. Whatever the reasons, the, just the optics the week before the season kicks off to have a stink on their doorstep, however rational it may be to explain away, is the worst possible way to start the MLS season. I thought it was great to have MLS back. EPL yeah. all morning, MLS in the afternoon, you call it... MLS fever! I've got the fever, but yeah. no, no caca, no drogba, no, no Lampard in week one. Yeah. Despite that, all off to a great start. 36 goals, new record for opening weekend. Yeah. Orlando coming back from the dead to tie, courtesy of goals in the 94th, 95th minute. Portland repelling Columbus once more in a fantastic game of football. Your NYCFC, the yeah. Patrick Vieira era has begun, and he yeah. coaches in the same style as how last season panned out. All attack, 
defence, not so much. It's all very Carmelo Anthony-inspired. Mm. NYCFC's mixed discarude, our mate, Tommy McNamara. Mm. Oh, they open the season like DPs. Mm. I've got to say this. I adore Tommy McNamara, David. Yeah, he's a great player. He looks like a footballer as if Irving Welsh cast a footballer. Yeah, he's he, mulleted. He looks like mixed discarude if he went on a 72-hour bender. Yeah. Pie bender. Yeah, I was blown away by Shelton in this game. Uh, Rog, he looks tasty. If he continues to develop as a footballer, he'll be very, very valuable as an international for the Von Trapps. Rog, loved the way he plays. Um, talking, about, talking about the Von Trapps. Yeah, Rog, the She Believes Cup. The US Women's National Team preparing for what's essentially the title match of the She Believes Cup. Becky Sabrin and co. faced Germany Wednesday night in Boca Raton. When I think of football Florida, epicenters, Rog. I think of Boca. Nice to play tennis down there. Jill Ellis's side and Germany have each beaten the Lionesses of England and France, setting up this winner-take-all affair. It's been a good little tournament this one, Fantastic. For the US, two games, two slightly sluggish performances, bailed out in the first by 23-year-old Crystal Dunn. And in the second by 17-year-old Mallory Pugh, Mm. American Deli Alley, who set up Alex Morgan to net a minute into stoppage time. Bright side here, stat and a half. With a victory over France, number three team in the world, the mm. top-ranked Americans improved to 8-0-0 in 2016, outscoring opponents 30-0. I'm sounding like Paul Carr. We've got Megan Rapino jumping on a oh, pod special it. to talk all things U.S. women's national team with us this Thursday as she fights back from her torn ACL with the Olympics on the horizon. Send us your questions for Megan, yep. who is one of my heroes on this International Women's Day and every day. Oh, wonderful, Rog. Okay, uh, this Wednesday night's game is on at 7.45. On what network? ESPN 3, Rog. Hmm. ESPN 3, that's their digital channel. It's better than 4. It is better than 4, which doesn't exist. That would be a tough place to watch the game. Okay, our first Raven, Rog, is from Daniel Coran of Peoria, Illinois. This has been a dark week to be an American lover of the European game. What with Americans being at the heart of efforts to create a European Super League. It's a future. Watching Americans wade in and tell the world Champions League does not need the likes of Leicester makes me hang my head in shame. (laughs) The response of European fans, the mockery and condemnation has been embarrassing. But would the clubs have met with the Americans if they did not take such a possibility Seriously. Mm, what a question. This is in regard to those of you who haven't read it. Yeah. Relevant sports, the guys who do the, the International Champions Cup. Mm. Um, GFOP, Charlie Stilitano, yeah. has held talks of Arsenal, Chelsea, Liverpool, Man City and Manchester United last Tuesday in a London hotel, both about the ICC this season. And also, as he said afterwards, restructuring the Champions League, quote, making it more of a closed-door competition uh, just for the European elite and hinting at an elite European Super League kind of break-off. What do you make of it all, David? Because it's led to an outcry in England. Well, look, I loathe the anti-Americanism. I loathe it. This isn't about Americans or America or anything about that. It's about progress and the future of the game. And when you get any change, when anything different happens, it's going to ruffle a lot of feathers. That's what happens with progress. And you know what? It's entirely up to the clubs. It's entirely up to them whether or not they want to go and proceed with this and and advance these conversations about this league. That's nothing to do with Americans or America. Uh, This is a global game. And the fact is that the way this game was set up, 
at the end of the 19th century, the beginning of the 20th century, these former clubs going into these competitions and the way they qualify and the way they happen, it is a, uh, it's archaic. And let's face it, the Champions League hasn't been around for 150 years. The Champions League is a fairly new construction that was arranged itself by a bunch of corrupt bureaucrats in Paris and Switzerland. So let's not like think that we're preserving some kind of ancient institution here as to whether or not European clubs will ever accept a system in which the domestic competitions essentially don't count because where you finish in them do not give you the ability to qualify for the elite European competitions. I'm not sure that's ever going to happen, or I'm not, I don't believe it's ready to happen now. I mean, the fascinating thing is, um, in America, there's a huge movement for promotion and relegation. If you speak to the owners of English Premier League football teams, almost all of them would like relegation to end now if they're in the Premier League. They look at the American sports model, where there's franchises that are permanent and don't get relegated as the future. And if you speak to them, they believe that and talk about it all the time. And the reality is these teams would not have met so publicly with Charlie if they weren't either interested in talking about the issue or being caught on camera talking about the issue to give themselves leverage in conversations with the English Premier League and UEFA down the road. But there should be no shock about the whole thing. Money makes the football world go round. It's what shaped football over the past 20 years. It is what will shape its future. Ultimately, money is football's only rational force. And while Charlie's talking about Leicester City not belonging in the Champions League at the very second that Leicester City are a darling, is a, he's definitely grabbing the third rail, one could say, on the subway, Dave, in terms of exposing himself and putting out there. Ultimately, money is football's only rational force, even though it's a dark one. Yeah, I'm not sure I totally believe me. I believe in the free market. I love the free market. But I think the free market isn't only about money. That's not the only rational force. It's also about the choices that these clubs make with their consumer base. And their consumer base is, yes, it's global. It's not just their local people there. But it's more than just money. I think it's about the interest of the clubs. It's about the extent to which domestic competitions are going to matter in the future and the way in which global football is going to be constructed. Who knows who knows where it's going but it takes people like charlie it takes people like steve ross it takes people with radical ideas to go and try and ruffle the feathers of the bureaucrats sitting in france and switzerland and i'm happy for anything which does that rog okay the winner of the coveted guinness men in blazers poet philosopher sucker scribe raven of the week is a u.s service member we will refer to by his call sign Heed. Heed. I am an active duty naval aviator, and sadly, I have a begrudging tolerance of your crap show. I have been an NFO, the backseat guy, like Goose, flying FA-18F Super Hornets for many years in my line of work. Nothing says more about who one is and where one has been, quite like the collection of patches that oh. adorns one's flight jacket. We just can't relate to this, but it's so great <laughs> and it's so true. Now I've, I feel like nothing because I don't have a flight jacket at 50. You are no nothing. patches, got no you, patches we on are, it. We're just going to return I'll tell to you, this. Heed, you are my hero. I'm particularly proud of my jacket, which boasts a wide variety of flair, including but not limited to a thousand flight hours in the FA-18 Super Hornet. <sighs> Number two, the patch, the name for the patch awarded to graduates of the Navy Fighter Weapons School, also known as Top Gun. Applause. Oh, a patch from the top-notch British company Martin Baker, given only to those who have used their ejection seats in an aircraft mishap. Unlike Goose, what? I survived my ride. Heed. Wow. A patch 
commemorating the centennial. I also believe you can go to Bremont and you can get a watch for being in that ejector seat, by the way. A patch commemorating the centennial of naval aviation, a silly career in which we try to land planes on a moving ship, sometimes at night. The logo of my beloved but, but Baltimore yeah, but Orioles. Yeah, I bet you Harry Kane can do that. Additionally, I have patches from service on several aircraft carriers, a few combat deployments, numerous squadrons and air wings, and one patch that I bought in Afghanistan when my aircraft broke down and I spent a few weeks living in Kandahar waiting on a new jet engine. It wasn't that exciting. Can I just say, Davo, yeah. listening to this so far, mm-hmm. I'm just like, life can be lived while I've been watching football. Yeah. All this football. Yeah, it's true. What I do not have, however... Well, no, he's protecting our freedoms to make our crap. What I do not have, however, is a Men in Blazers patch. Oh, we do now. (laughs) God, the needle just fell off the record. I know. Rog, I'm sure you're worried that adding the Men in Blazers patch to this jacket would immediately cheapen the rest of my accomplishments. (laughs) Yes. Yes, but have no fear. My MIB patch would be sewn on the inside of my jacket. (laughs) Good. Safely out of view from any senior officers who might choose to promote me for my enjoyment of crap podcasts. It would be in good company, however. The inside of my jacket has many patches referencing off-colour jokes, My Little Pony, seriously, (laughs) and protesting the Navy's crackdown on cursing and drinking. What would Sir Winston think? So the patch would not be alone, nor would it likely be noticed by anyone, to your relief, I'm certain. If you like, and I could not mean this more sincerely, please contact me, and I would be delighted to have you visit my base, show you a Super Hornet up close, and allow Davo to live out his dream of wooing Kelly McGillis (laughs) to the tune of Berlin, (laughs) Kenny Loggins and Jerry Lee Lewis. Rog, please consider finishing up your American citizenship paperwork first. Oh, fantastic. What an amazing raven. I mean, number one, a patch is on its way to you right now as we speak. And please send us a picture of the inside of the jacket. You can't pay for a patch. They are priceless. But few have earned them more than you have, Mr. Heed. When I first read your letter, I was moved both by your words and, and your service. But when we used to do our serious show, David. Yeah. Do you remember we get a lot of calls from uh, military men and women from Afghanistan and Iraq, and it was always yeah. very humbling. Yeah, and truckers. Well, just, yeah, the old trucker. Yeah. Also humbling, different yeah. ways. Yeah. Thank you for your service. And as I said, we pray that listening to our crap is the only ill-informed decision yeah. that you ever make. Wow. A patch on his jacket, Davo, yeah. would be the oddest place for our, our logo, since that pirate Mike666 tweeted us a photo of his wrist today. Mm. He's just had the... Men in Blazers uh, logo tattooed on it. With, I know. With GFOP love. Oh, so alarming. It is. I know. I think it might be the worst tattoo ever that's not a tramp stamp or around Arthur Boric's belly button. Yeah. You're amazing, no, Pirate Mike. But we thank you Courage. for your dedication and devotion. Brilliant, Rog. Okay, your weekend looks like this, courtesy of Mini USA. In Premier League action, Norwich City versus Manchester City, Saturday, 7.45am on NBCSN. I've said it before, I'll say it again. I do not like seeing the green and yellow of Norwich playing against the sky blue of Manchester City. It's just not an attractive look. And at 12.25pm Saturday on Fox Sports 2, it's Everton versus Chelsea, El Blazerico, FA Cup edition, Rog. On the deuce. Yeah, brilliant. With no pre-game show. Yeah. I mean, if, they, um, if Everton gets smashed in an empty forest, does it make it sound? Yeah, we'll see in standard death. <laughs> and Sunday at 5pm on ESPN, NYCFC's home opener against Toronto, Rog. Oh, I wish I could go to that. OK, an announcement now for an organisation that's near and dear to us, Rog. America Scores is an after-school non-profit that promotes football and poetry. It's as if I invented the non-profit. With students at more than 175 public and charter schools across America every year, the organisation holds a national poetry slam at which 14 budding Langston 
Mark Hughes's <laughs> perform <laughs> their original work in front of a live audience in New York City. This year's 10th anniversary celebration will be held at the SVA Theatre here in New York City on April 11th. To purchase tickets, make a donation, and find out more about the organisation, visit americascores.org. Oh, it's a fantastic organisation. I think we may have the winner in the panel room. And for those of you coming to this year's Golden Blazers, and those of you not coming, Rog, presented by Mini Wednesday, April 6th at 8pm, <gasps> this year's event includes Men in Blazers' first ever blazer drive. Bring a blazer suit or sport coat to donate to Hope for the Warriors Transition Services Programme, which supports the goals of service members, veterans and their families as they move from military careers into professional roles. There are many ways to connect to us. One through our Amazon Emporium. Helps keep the show going anytime you go on Amazon Fridays, big or small. Just click off the Emporium page. Men in Blazers gets a tiny percentage, allows us to to cover the cost of creating the show. What book are you putting in the Emporium this week, Rod? A book book. Oh, a book book. Empire of Things. How we became a world of consumers from the 15th century to the 21st huh. by Frank Trentman. That's interesting. A cultural history of how consumerism, a yeah. word which comes from the Latin for to waste, wow. shifted over centuries from something that was seen as immoral and sinful to becoming the dominant feature of modern life. Wow. My father, my parents still see it as sinful. They do. I mean, yeah, it is. It's become a veritable secular religion. Trentman yeah. is a professor of history in London. Mm. The book is a monster. Yeah. It's over 700 pages, so I'll wow. say it's not for everyone. Mm. But those who are interested in exploring five centuries of conspicuous consumption and are fascinated to have the opportunity to peel back the layers to understand who we are and how we got to be this way mm. should jump on it. Uh, talking of consumption, uh, Rog, and conspicuous uh, consumption, because I've bought my boy George so many Hot Wheels cars and superhero toys, and because I just moved house and he has whole new places uh, to go and play with said toys, he's put a lot of scratches on the furniture, Rog, a lot of scratches. We've had to have a few talks about uh, where he's allowed to play and which of his uh, toys cause scratches. But I got an not, amazing... Not, not near the Medigliani. But I got an amazing set of... How did you know I had a Medigliani? <laughs> I'm joking, I don't have one. Uh, how... Uh, but I bought these amazing uh, set of six assorted furniture repair two. markers. Um, <laughs> that stain scratch floor pens. I use them on all my wooden furniture, uh, Rog. They take the scratches out. I've even got a white one. Uh, just $6.25. Much better, I would recommend, than buying new furniture or getting rid of your son. Throwing it away. Or getting rid of your son. <laughs> Much more effective. You can now watch entire episodes of our crap TV show on NBC Sports Live Extra, Apple TV and Roku. It's also up on our website, meninblazers.com. Also on meninblazers.com. A place to sign up for our newsletter, The Raven, which we produced with our partner Guinness. It's fantastic. We've got a Spotify account, Rog. It's That's men fantastic. underscore in underscore New release blazers. coming out this week. Meninblazers.wikispaces.com forward slash. That's it's a wonder better. of the modern world. Uh, you can follow us on Twitter at meninblazers, at Rog Bennett. We're terrible tweeters. At Embassy Davies on Instagram at Men in Blazers, at Embassy underscore We're very ladies. ugly. We've got a Facebook. We don't do nudies. Especially with each other's heads on our bodies. We've got a subreddit, meninblazers.reddit.com, maintained by GFOPs, Akshay, Calvin, and Cal Alex. You can always send your ravens to the crap part of Soho. You can always email us at meninblazers at gmail.com. Vendorpunk Raj. War pig. Who wants to sex my tombow? Living the nightmare. Courage. Take that, Gloria. Is that your analysis? To tweet. Abrigado. Rock on, mate. Kung Fu fight in America. Oh... Love you, Davy. I love you, Rog. With the Ooh. wisdom of a 50-year-old. You're a grandpa now. <laughs> hey, Prime members. You can listen to Men in Blazers ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today. Or you can listen ad-free with Wondery Plus in Apple Podcasts. 
Before you go, tell us about yourself by completing a short survey at wondery.com slash survey. Yo, Trey. Yeah, Kevin, what's up, man? I was just thinking, what would have happened if Drew Brees didn't fail his physical with the Dolphins and ended up playing under Nick Saban in Miami? There's a good shot the Finns establish a dynasty. Tom Brady and Bill Belichick probably don't become goats, and Tuscaloosa doesn't become the center of the college football universe. That's a butterfly effect for real. Hey, I'm Trey Wingo. And I'm Kevin Frazier. We're teaming up on a new weekly sports podcast from Wondery Alternate Routes. As former sports center anchors and current sports obsessives, we're consumed by all the what-if questions that make being a sports fan so excruciatingly fun. If you're like us, then you also live and die on the fallout from every drop pass. Or play call. Intercepted at the goal line by Malcolm Butler. Sorry, Marshawn, still too soon. Each week on Alternate Routes, we'll take a flashpoint in sports, break down what actually happened, then explore every alternate scenario and the ripple effects it would have caused. Follow Alternate Routes on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can listen early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus.